Sometimes people just seem to do retirement better than others. You've probably met folks like that, and I know I certainly have. On today's show, I get a chance to talk to a couple that I think are getting the absolute most out of their retirement. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. It's going to be a little bit different than our normal format. Uh, Typically, my co-host, Ben George, and I, we talk about a variety of different financial topics, all of them related to retirement. But today's show is going to be completely different because you'll get to hear an interview that I did with some clients of mine. This couple has been, they've been clients of mine for probably nine or 10 years by now. And they're a really fun couple, and I think you'll hear that in the interview. So the reason that I asked them to be on the show was I wanted them to share a little bit about their retirement journey. Um, So you'll learn a little bit about their backstory, how they met, um, and even some of their thoughts leading up to their decision to actually pull the trigger and retire. And then you'll hear them discuss some of the things that they're doing in retirement. I'm not going to give everything away, um, but I you know, I will tell you that, that they've been to some incredible places all over the world. They've seen a lot and experienced a lot of things that certainly I hope I get the chance to do one day. So anyway, sit back and enjoy the conversation. Uh, without any further delay, here's my conversation with Susan and Larry Johnson. So I want to thank you guys for being here. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I wanted to kind of start out telling the listeners how I, I met both of y'all. And I think it was in a, a federal benefits workshop that I did back in 2011. Do you remember for sure? Oh, oh, absolutely. I said, who is this guy coming out <laughs> that he's so full of energy and, uh, yeah. and he's nice looking. There so normally, normally people talking about retirement, they, you know, they come teetering out. There, but, uh, <laughs> well, you, you, I, I appreciate the compliments. You may not have known it, but I, I was nervous. No. So for those of y'all that don't know, I, I used to do federal benefits workshops all over the place. Uh, I would go, you know, a lot of times to Atlanta, and that's where I met you. Was right, uh, yes, Atlanta. That's where place. we are now. Yeah, yeah. I think I did one for the Social Security Administration, but I did it in in uh, Florida and Texas and all other places. But I I was nervous, so I don't know if you picked up on my mm. nervousness or not. You did no. well. You no. did well. I appreciate it. So. So I wanted to start off by letting our listeners kind of get to know you guys a little bit. So tell us how long you've been married and maybe how, you know, how, how did you guys first meet? Well, Larry, I'll let you answer the first question. Okay. We have Testing been married you. almost 40 years. 40 years. And we celebrated wow. our 40th anniversary this year. We're from uh, Alabama and uh, we met over there in Alabama, which was my home, my hometown in Gadsden. We met uh, at an introduction of uh, my cousin uh, who uh, thought she'd like to get us together. And she did. And we, uh, we dated for quite a while. And eventually got married and started a family. And yeah. it's been 40 wonderful years. There you go. So was it, a, was it a blind date? Had you seen each other before? Did you know anything about each other? No, not really. Not okay. really. As a matter of fact, I was dating another young lady. And uh, <laughs> my cousin was quite, thought that was quite right. So she knew this other girl. There you Come go. Come on over. And we had a chili dinner. 
a chili dinner, and uh, boy, that was good too. And, so uh, I was a sub. I was a sub. Yeah, was <laughs> a substitute. All right, all right, good deal. Um, all right, so you dated for a while, got engaged. Well, a while, six years. Let's, yeah, okay, it took let's, a little truthful, while. Six wow, years. wow. Six, we that's much quicker. That's a much uh, longer uh, courtship than Pam and I. I think Pam and I, we dated, dated three months, got engaged. We're engaged for six months, and then we tied the knot. So we were, you we go. were, we're a little bit older, but I guess, hey, it all works out. We're not at sure. 40 well, years yet. Just, just remember when your children want to get married after such a quick turn. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I've already told my daughter Channing that uh, I will be happy to uh, to walk you down the aisle, you know, and you'll be thirty, and I'll be, you know, at that point I'll probably be sixty five or so. There so you we'll, go. We'll Which is not that. old, by the way. That is true. It is definitely, definitely not. My father old. always said, "Old is one year older than what you are." That you're right, and the older I get, I believe that more and more. So, sure. all right, so. So I, I, I'm not going to ask you about the wedding day because, Mr. Larry, I don't, I don't want to ask what you remember about the wedding <laughs> day. That, that day is kind oh, of – it's a long day with a lot of stressed out people, and I think – But yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I come out I, – I, maybe your listeners might remember when they were married. But um, I had this – back in the day in the 70s, you made your own vows, and so I had like a paragraph long of you know uh, my vows and then cool. Larry well, she turn. went on and on and on and on <laughs> she was saying all Larry, the good stuff about you right yeah. yeah and then I turned and looked at Larry for for his his paragraph yeah. and he'll say Susan I love you in the good times and the not so good times and so I have Which, come back with that every time he gets mad at me I'll look at him and say is this the not so good time is this the not so good time but, but notice all. she remembered it that is it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You got it. Well, cool. So, well, I, I'm curious because one of the reasons that I, I wanted to get you guys on the show was because I really kind of envy how, what you guys have done in retirement and all that. But so uh, as far as the travel that you've done, but I'm curious, what did you guys do for a honeymoon right after you got married? Oh. Well, we waited a week. To, okay. okay. Let me present Larry Johnson as a, all the Johnsons are very slow to design things. And, you know, six years dating. Yeah, six year dating. That was, that was and, your first clue. That's reasonable. <laughs> and then I asked him to marry me. Yeah. And he, and he right. paused. He had to think about it. He thought about um, it. And then he had to think about when he wanted to get married, what date. So it was, it was between the uh, Lions baseball day and the Lions broom sale. And so. Sure. Both of yeah. them very important things so to do. What, we got sandwiched in between. Ah. And, so, and then, uh, but we went down to Florida to, and again, this is how the Johnsons are. Went down to his cousin's house okay. in Lynn Haven, which is Price near Panama right. City. And, All right, so you uh, got Price a deal was, on this place. <laughs> yeah. And so she moved out of her bedroom. She was in the other bedroom. And then we were in her bedroom. Ah, so okay. that's, that's the Johnson way. of. That's how I remember. Larry, you might want to change it, but that's how I remember. Our, pretty close to being husband. right. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we won't there that we won't have to do any we won't do any fact checkers for that. <laughs> That's good. Hey, always good to look for a, a good a good good bargain, a good deal. So uh, you got you got kids, are they they local? They moved away. We have three grown men boys. Okay. And all three of them are still unmarried. Okay. So right. uh, which is kind of interesting, but they're all gainfully employed. Uh, they have degrees and out of the house. And out they're of the out house. of the house. That is it. Yeah, I was telling folks that I never thought I'd be in my 70s and say that we're now empty nesters. Right. Um, Yeah, that's so. 
something yes. a lot of people think about. Yes. Well, what is it going to be like? Some people look forward to it, and some people kind of dread oh, yeah. it. So, sure, sure. So, sure. what's that transition been like? <laughs> yeah. So that so it's been good for y'all. What was the biggest? I guess kind of the biggest change for you guys when the last one left the house. What was that like? Uh, we could find stuff where we left it. That's okay. true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Good. Which was a big help. <laughs> right. But now we have children. We have one that lives here in town in Atlanta. One lives in Houston and one lives in Chattanooga. But okay. the one in town here where it's like our pantry is his home little Kroger. His <laughs> own little Kroger. I understand so. that. My, my parents would relate, could relate to that because both my brother and I still live you know, here in the same town. So good deal. Oh, yes. All right. So one thing that you mentioned, they're, they're, all, they're all gainfully employed. That's a great thing. Uh, and that also gives you freedom to, to do what you want to do in retirement. Because sure. there are a lot of people who uh, don't have that, that same experience because, the, you know, they've got kids who oh, are still, still sort of on the payroll. So to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, you're, you are definitely fortunate with that. So I want to transition a little bit from Let's go back a little bit to your decision to retire. So which one of you actually pulled the trigger and retired first? And when was I, that? I retired first and it was been close to 11 years ago. 2010. And 2010. I believe wow. it was 2010. Okay. 11, about 11 but yeah, you had been retired a year or so when we yes. first met. Right. Right. All right, Ms. Susan, so. what about you? When did you, what was your retire date? Uh, January, 2014. Okay. All right. So good deal. All right. So this next question might be, it's going to be a little bit different for each of you. You may have a little bit different answer, but how long was it? What was the time period for each of you from when you first thought about retiring to when you actually pulled the trigger and did retire? What was, how long was that? Uh, in my case, it was 29 years. I started thinking about it when I got my job. <laughs> and then when I got there, it was just so nice. There you but, go. Uh, no, no, it's been a while. There, there, there was no particular moment when I says, well, I've got to retire. It was uh, just the end of the career and it was time to move on. So I did. Okay. So 29 years there. Okay. What about you, Miss Susan? Okay. Uh, I worked 40 years and um, I did a really stupid thing as well. I listened to Larry, not that he was stupid, but I listened to him when he mm-hmm. said, Susan, you know, why don't you just get on my insurance rather than stay with the federal insurance? I said, okay. uh, and so I did. And then I realized I didn't, I couldn't depend on private sector on right. insurance, uh, especially after a friend of ours didn't have any insurance when her husband retired. They, they dropped it. And it was um, up in uh, Rochester, the uh, camera people, Kodak. Uh, okay. So I said, you know, I'm not going to risk this, even though it's Lockheed Martin, I'm not going to risk it. So I, ha- I went back and stayed another five years okay. and say five years. And then I was, vetted for insurance. So I could have retired earlier, but that was the, that was the reason. Yeah. Insurance. insurance. Yeah. Insurance really is a big consideration. And and obviously for anybody out there that, that works for a company that has, you know, company sponsored health insurance is a a huge benefit. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So for either, either of you, what, what may have been the biggest concern that you had kind of leading up to, to retirement? I mean, was there something that was a a concern that you're like, you know, I'm not really sure something that may have kept you from retiring earlier. Is there anything like that? No, I, no? not from, <laughs> no. Uh, I tell you, once you have, we paid off our house 
And I don't think a lot of the millennials and and even older people, they don't really think about paying off a house as something, you know, it's kind of like a car note. You just, you just keep on paying on your house note, but we're of an older generation. um, And so having no house note was a big incentive. Okay. We know that load is off. So we can go ahead and continue down this road of retirement. Yeah, it it really does. Having, and I tell people, your ability to retire in the way that you want to retire, it's not so much about how much money that you've saved. It's a lot of times more about how much money you spend. And and if you don't have, you know, if you don't have very much debt going in into retirement, it gives you, gives you flexibility. It's like a raise. Yeah, absolutely. So instead of spending $1,000 or $2,000 or $3,000 a month or more on a house payment, you can actually you know, take that money and go and do something. So party. I, I, yes. I think that, yeah, I think that's what you guys have done. No, a party in us is now staying in. <laughs> that is it. That's it. All right. So let's fast forward a little bit to maybe the first few months after you retired. Did either of you, was there ever a point that either of you questioned whether or not you made the right decision to retire? Because every once in a while, somebody, you know, a few months into retirement, like, I'm not sure I made the right decision not from a financial standpoint, but just because they may be bored or not really sure if, if uh, they're going to be able to find something else to do. What was that like for you guys? No, well, and my, well my for case, me, it's two, two syllables. Ahead. It's never. <laughs> okay. Right, right. But it was fine. It was a thing to do. And uh, life, life since that time has just been fabulous. Really enjoyed yeah, it. That's so awesome. Hadn't been boredom. Uh, we, we've been busy. Uh, it's great. Yeah, I find having... Uh, People say they're they're bored. I'm I'm saying you know you can walk around the block and not be bored. Exactly. Uh, There's things to do. Yes, lots of things to do, Uh, and I think probably uh, and I'm I'm just assuming based on some of I used to work with doctors and some of the older doctors. That's all they knew. That all they knew. They didn't have an outside life per se. So when they retired, it was such a horror for them because they they had nothing to do, no interest. That that really is, that is kind of a cautionary tale right there. So if if you are somebody who's totally caught up in your work and you don't have any other kind of outlet, yeah, I, I can see where those kind of doubts would would pop into your mind because a lot of people do get their self worth from what they do eight to five Monday to Friday, and when that's gone, yeah. you know they kind of circle around. But that that is that's certainly not not you guys. So. All right. So after you retired and we're kind of in this this new stage of life, did you guys ever consider moving away? You know, to you know, uh, we always to the beach that. or the mountains or anything like that. We we always think about moving away. Um, and, and now with our boys, on one boy here, but the other's gone. It's a little more freedom to think about that because we don't have like you're you're with your brothers or your family right. so close. With Correct. us, they're scattered. And which is fine. I'm happy for them, but we're happy for them. But we've been here since 82. So our growing up years, our married life has been here. Right. What do you do after 40 years? You go somewhere else and start new. Uh, I can see going to stay. I think it. the more we think about it, perhaps it's best if we go and rent a place down in Florida for two months in the winter rather than have another house. It's just something else we have to deal with. Yeah. Um, I, I, just, I love that yeah. plan. That's I like it. Yeah. And uh, up in the mountains, it's, I was in Mentone, Alabama and saw all these for sale signs. And I asked one of the Mentone is up in the mountains, North Georgia, North Alabama mountains next right. to uh, 
Menlo, okay. Georgia. But any case, uh, I saw these four sale signs and I asked them, but what's with all, all the four sale signs? And they said, people come up here because they want a mountain home and they come up and they enjoy it. And then after a while, they got to get the leaves out of the gutter. They got to do this and it becomes more and more of a chore that they didn't really expect when they moved. I kept thinking, yeah, well, you, unless you have somebody come and tend it while you're gone, you're always going to have, if you own something, you're going to have to take care of it. Yeah. So there, there you go, all the for sale signs. So keep that in your mind if you're thinking about buying a mountain home or beach yeah. home. Yep, I, I, I like that, that train of thought there. That's a pretty good thing. So, all right, so when you guys, let's talk a little bit about what you've been doing in retirement, some of the places that, that you've traveled. Because I, I think you've, just in our conversations over the year, you guys have traveled to some really, really neat places. Did you start out with a bucket list of places you wanted to go or how did that start? And then give me some of the places that you've been and then we can kind of talk through some of them. Well, I think what we really started doing is looking for bargains. Okay. Uh, and you find a sale and you say, hey, he's a Johnson. Okay. That's yeah, it. That's the Johnson right, way. Right. Get a deal. <laughs> so we go here and then we'd find another one. Let's go there. So we would. And we, we have, we, we've covered a, a lot of the world and uh, it has been fabulous seeing and meeting people and uh, experiencing the way different people live around the world. Okay, yeah. cool. So what are some of the, the neat places that you've been to since you've retired? Susan has a list. <laughs> uh, oh, all right. We got to put this uh, into a list. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I, I totally asked this, this is this is insulting, really, because uh, I started listing them. We've been to France, Hungary, Germany, Austria, Ireland, Italy, Cuba, South America, Chile, which part of South America, um, United United Kingdom, Russia, Norway, Canada, Morocco, Portugal, and the Azores, and Spain, Canary Islands, and uh, uh, Canada. And she left, <laughs> and she left wow. out Alaska. Had two, two nice oh, yeah, Alaska. Alaska. But that's, that's, that's the 50s. That's part of us. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I t- what I enjoy about traveling is that how much it's like the U.S. in, in a different take. People forget governments, forget politics, forget that. People are basically the same wherever you go. And I was, we were in Algiers. I forgot we went to Algiers and, and uh, Algeria and, and Algiers. We were out and this, um, everybody was in, the, the women were in the long, the uh, hijibs and uh, the right. men were there. And I was walking past, by myself, I was walking past his family, a little boy and the parents. And the little boy was yelling and screaming and hollering. And I looked at, them, I said, our kids do that in America too. And she started laughing and she told her husband what I said. And we all three started laughing. And I said, you know, it's just the same. It's just the same. We want what's good for our family. We want to have a good life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of cultural differences, obviously, uh, overseas and a lot of people, but you know, deep down, basically it's the same. Yeah. People are the same. Yeah, but there's a little sadness when we were in. We took, we did most of our stuff by either riverboat, Viking, or on an ocean. And okay. uh, mostly Vikings, what we use. And I'm not pulling, not plugging them, but we do enjoy Viking right. a lot. Right. Uh, but in Russia, it, it was so expansive. So they had their own doctor on the riverboat because we were in places that there was, no, it'd be days before you get to anything. Any wow. doctor. 
But the people there, uh, and I don't mean it unkindly, but they they tended to have more of a suspicious feel about them. Right. And, and I think it's because growing up during Stalin and all the others, you, if you said something, you could be taken out and never seen. And we drove past this big apartment building, and our guide told us that, and this is in Moscow, she said this building here at one time housed all the generals and everybody in the military. And then one day they weren't there. None of them were there. Wow. So uh, they, they've got a kind of a, a reticence of being too friendly. Right. Yeah. I, I can see that their, their warning Fairly antennas right. go up a little bit. Sure. Well, so, uh, and I experienced a little bit of that on a, on a trip to Germany. I did a mission trip to Germany, probably in, I don't know, 1995. So it's like, it's oh, been a while yeah. from now. And, and the, the, the German people were just a little, they were a little harder than, than people They weren't as friendly, didn't want to make eye contact. And I think that's just some of the, the same thing. So outside of places like that, how were you treated, you know, as, as Americans? What's been your experience and how some of these people treated you as an outsider? There was only one time that was a negative for me, and that was the guard at uh, Marseille, and we were leaving to go return home. And I did something wrong as I was going through the checkout. And <laughs> right. I could hear, I could hear, he said something to her, the Americano, and he had a really, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he had this, this look on his face and disgust. And right. I thought, That's the only time I've had a really bad problem. <laughs> I, I, I get that look from my wife all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but overall, no, but people have overall, treated yeah, you well. Travel, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. Very friendly, nice. and they, in many cases, they were interested in us just like we were interested in them. Yeah. But I found out one thing. If, if, if you can say uh, thank you or have a good oh, day yeah. or whatever, yeah. just a so, couple of phrases in their language, they know that you want to be a part of their country. And don't right. be that ugly American because oh. they're, they, are, they are out there. And right. I can understand when you have to deal with them. Well, it's, it's not pleasant. Right. Oh, we've seen them there. I just we've want to them. shrink away. Uh, please right. tell, generally, them, tell them you something else. Yeah. Generally speaking, people will reward kindness with kindness. And I've, I've seen sure. that. I saw that. So um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your trip to Prague because I had an opportunity to go there two summers ago. And as you remember, I sort of consulted you before I went. So I would know <laughs> some of the places to go. Yeah. You know, I, I've I thought the castles were amazing. The James, I think it was the James Bridge. The architecture there was just incredible. And I'm not that kind of, I'm not that kind of person that appreciates that, you know, but it was really cool. So tell me a little bit about your trip to, to Prague. Is that where we went to the spa? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. No, it's hungry. No, the, um, Prague is, uh, it was interesting. Um, Beautiful. There's an astronomical clock there that's been there since 1300s or something. And everybody goes there at hour and it has the people going around up in the, yes. in the figurines. I can't and, remember uh, the name of it, but that was a how. I mean, there were thousands was, of people that gathered oh, every hour to watch that or every. It's fascinating. It fascinating. But Larry being Larry, he he saw it, but he'd seen it before one time. And so he was busy <laughs> looking at the people looking up. Oh, yeah. So They're that, fascinating. Great place to be around. But the square is beautiful. That's downtown. And almost all these old towns have the square. And they have shops and eateries up and down. And it's best if you use a credit card, uh, especially now if you got the chip. They had the chip over there first uh, right. or in Europe. 
and that helps safeguard your money. But the uh, a lot of thievery there if you're not careful. Yeah, um, that was the one thing they did tell us, especially as you gathered in that big crowd around the clock. Sure, sure. Make sure you've you know you got your wallet in your front pocket and hold on to your purses and things. And that's like true that. all over. We were constantly advised to be very careful. Right. So right. Yeah, we run into that in a lot of different places. Yeah. So well, actually, the, uh, the the um, and I'm not denigrating them, but a lot of the uh, people from Romania, the uh, Romas. gypsies, Romas. Yeah, they they our tour guide told us in uh, Portugal once said that they actually have a business season, and it's from April until October when the ships come in. And when you imagine having 3,000, 5,000 people come off, they're busy and doing things and that's their prime time to pick pockets. And so then in October they go back home. But really? Yeah. So it is a pickpocket season. So it is a pickpocket season. It's an industry. Uh, Yeah, it is an industry. And, um, but in Prague, uh, it was interesting. They're not allowed to be on the streets without a license. And if any policeman came around, if they didn't have a license, they would pack up and leave in a hurry. Wow. Yeah. So that was cool. kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, you know, when, when I, anytime I travel somewhere like that, the food is always something that I'm, I'm interested Ooh, in. Yes. Uh, there was some really unique food there and we had a, a really good eating experience, but I found a, a steakhouse there. It was called Georgia's Steakhouse. And the, <laughs> I think the concierge there at the, at the hotel we were staying at told us about it. It was Unbelievable! I think I ate there two days in a row, and ha- you know, oh, had a Lord. just a, a very—I mean, it was a very expensive meal, that, and I only had to pay for it one day because somebody paid for it the other. But it was a, you know, a bone like a twenty-two ounce bone-in ribeye oh, that Lord. was just unbelievable. So I loved it. So what? What did your arteries ask you to stop? They, they pr- <laughs> well, not after the first day, because after the first day, it said, "Can I have another one?" <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure that it did. I'm sure that it did. The oh. best steaks we found on our travels was in Uruguay. Okay. Now, that was good. The, 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 yeah. the Brazil and Uruguay and that whole area, Argentina, are known for their uh, uh, cattle and steaks, steak okay. houses. But cool. boy, were they good. And they, they're just slapped on there and cooked with no seasoning. It doesn't eat it. Just and, salt and uh, pepper. Delicious. Just really? absolutely delicious. So talking about food, tell me something maybe – that you've eaten that now I know there's fantastic food everywhere all over the world, but is there something maybe that you've eaten that you would have never even considered trying here in the United States? I'm, I'm not, not like a, a chocolate covered cricket or something like that. No. Uh, but what's, no, what's something a, unique that you've eaten? Uh, it was in the Netherlands and, uh, uh, nor, 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 is that, I think how you say it? No horn, horn, H O R N E horn. And, uh, they, the guy took us around and we went to this little fish shop on the wharf there. And they said that this is uh, what they eat here. And I think it was raw heron that had a little, had some uh, vinegar on it or some kind of oh. pickle juice and then had something else on it. And um, I said, okay, I'm never going to eat it again. Let me try it. And so I ate it and I'll never eat it again. But, really? uh, yeah. but that, is that yeah. like something that is just a very common dish over there? Obviously, what does good no. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But no, they do. They do. There are people that eat it, but the younger people, uh, no, no. They they are, right. they love licorice. The licorice is a big. They have stores really? of licorice. Mm. Wow. But uh, yeah, I thought it was just an aside here. 
went in to ask this, uh, to help me with a battery for my camera. And I said, is this church down here? Is it open? And he said, what church? I said, down the street, you know, with the cross on it. And yeah. he said, uh, I don't know. I said, oh, you don't know anybody that goes there? And he says, no, I, I don't. He says, uh, we only go when we're uh, baptized and married and die. Oh, really? And so that, that was fascinating to me. That's- very interesting. Same way, same way in Cuba, same kind of thing. Uh, so, in a way, that's, I think that's, I mean, obviously that's kind of sad in my, in my it opinion. Is. That's the only time that, that people go to, go to church. Is but, to, yeah. You know, but what got me is he didn't even want church. I'm like, what, down the street there. Wow. There, yeah. That's, that's crazy. So, so what, if, if you could tell me what would be your, your favorite trip of all time, the best trip you've ever done. And would you do, and obviously you would do it again, but yeah, what's your, what's your favorite place to go? You're talking like one country, right? One country? Or, or maybe one place in a country. What would you think? I know we, we certainly enjoyed our trip to, to, the, to Russia. It, it was not the Soviet Union anymore, it's Russia. And uh, that, that was fascinating because uh, it was so big, it's beautiful, and uh, people are different there, certainly different. But uh, that, that was a good one. We also enjoyed Cuba. Cuba was a fantastic place. Uh, right. it, it, was, it, was, it bothered us that they're not doing well in Cuba at all. It's, it's tough on those people. They're, they're just not comfortable with their living. But uh, it, was, it was certainly a, an interesting country to go to. All right. What about you, Miss Susan? Actually, um, it was part of the Viking we went around the Mediterranean, starting in Barcelona and went up France and around to start um, where, uh, Cis- not Sicily, uh, Napoleon born. I forgot, the not Sicily. But in any case, coming back or down and coming back you around to ask, Tunisia. You can't ask me history questions or, <laughs> geogra- or geography questions. Well, it's, it's not Sardinia. It's, I forgot. Yeah. In any case, uh, but they, uh, we stopped at Malta. And some of your listeners, place. some of your listeners might, Remember Malta? It was part of where um, the start of the invasion of Sicily began, World War II. Okay. We went, we went down into underneath and saw where Eisenhower did his, his planning and the eventual invasion and how uh, Montgomery, uh, General Montgomery and Patton didn't like each other and he had to go around opposite sides of the island and just saw the boards and show, showed where the, the ships were moved around by these women or men that were pushing it based on what they were hearing. And to right. know that that major invasion was right there in that room. Wow. And, and then outside, um, they had a bust of Winston Churchill in the park overlooking the harbor. Okay. And it was to see this harbor and know all that history was concentrated there. So when I saw uh, about a year or so later, had uh, Merkel and some of the other people, uh, not Macron, but the other uh, heads of state, meet at Malta. And we saw the place we were standing. So it's like, oh, my gosh, there it is. Yeah, it's always always neat when you see places that you've actually been to on on the news and and things like that. So that's cool. So, all right, as you get older... And, and you guys are in your early, early 70s, right? No, I'm 73. Um, on the years of 70. <laughs> okay. I, oh, okay. So 
around that 73 right my mom told me to never ask a woman how old she was i, I obviously go. know how old both of you are but but anyway so at, as you get older hey, i'm happy and, to say i'm 73 yeah, yeah it's go. been, a, been a pleasure getting here <laughs> that's yeah. good well you know it's it's only natural to at some point start slowing down and i always talk about you know the the three phases of retirement, the go-go years, the slow-go years, and then the no-go years. And it's not always the same for everybody, but how has your travel changed from the time that you first retired? Um, and, and kind of where, where do you see you guys in that phrase, kind of in those phases right now? Are y'all still in the go-go phase or are you starting to do slow-go now? It's kind of a slow-go. One reason is the driving. We're getting to the age where driving is uh, not really the pleasure it used to be. Right. And dealing with the traffic that's out there all over is, uh, is not pleasant. So um, when we yeah, think it's about not going just a, place. It's, it's not just Atlanta, probably not in Macon. Oh, it's all over. Surround. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, everywhere, everywhere, and especially with this advent of the cell phones and knowing you can't use your cell phone when driving it. That's just like added fuel to some folks. Right, yeah, to, right. Yeah, it's scary, it's scary. Yeah. So that's slowing how... us down. And okay. uh, we're, we're getting to the point, the, these tours that we've been on have been so pleasant because someone else does that for you. And, yeah. and I, I, I like that. And beforehand, we would not give a second thought of hopping in the car and going off for yeah. Chattanooga to Michigan so you, to wherever. But we yeah, just so don't you, really want to so do So you've that enjoyed now. having sort of, tour guide type things. I mean, oh, yeah. in my oh, experience, yeah. you just learn more if you've got somebody that's very knowledgeable. Oh, it helps to have somebody telling you stories. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Now, I need to preface this that when we were first married, Larry wanted, oh, let's just go out and camp. Let's, let's do this. Oh, yeah. Let's rough it. Let's, let's <laughs> right, rough it. Right. And I, I just said, look at me. You know, I am not a rough it girl unless we go to Holiday Inn and we have to go out to eat. So, no, I'm not a rough it girl. And then once Larry learned how being on a bus and taking them around and not having to park, he found that enjoyable uh, right. on a tour. So he's, changed, he's come over. To, he saw the light. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's good. Good stuff. Well, so I, I know kind of looking forward, COVID has kind of changed. Travel oh, it has. Plans. Yeah, big time for a lot of people. Stopped everybody. Uh, so, you know, assuming COVID doesn't, you know, shut down, you know, travel for the rest of this year. What, what is next for you guys? What's the next big trip for the Johnson family in 2021? Uh, we got a trip scheduled with Viking, uh, the end of September, okay. uh, from, from Kiev to Bucharest. Okay. And, uh, and then that'll be on the Black Buc Sea, the Black Sea. And then we, no, Larry, the Niper. Go through it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got them arguing about right. oh, geography. Of course, the route. <laughs> uh, sniper, go. and then it becomes a Black Sea. How about oh, okay, that? Okay, um, okay, okay. And then from there, we're staying two or three nights extra to go to Transylvania, just because Dracula just – That's it. I'm sure it's Never just like there. North Georgia mountains, but still want to go see it. Yeah. So when y'all go on a, a, a trip like this, how long are your are, are these typically? I mean, is it a – are you going for a week? Are you going for 10 days? Are you going two weeks? What What's the normal – trip length for for an overseas type trip like this two weeks 13 okay. days yeah 12 days okay I, I think that's good after that you probably start to you know miss home a little bit and oh we do yeah towards the end of the trip well, we start thinking about the dog we start thinking about our own shower and our car and things like that and we like to get but you know i tell you it doesn't happen until 
they tell you, okay, this is a sad part. You got to, we're going to be delivering your tickets for your luggage. When that happens, everything changes. The people on the boat, the employees, they're very nice still, but you can tell in their mind, they're getting ready for the next group of people coming. Yeah, it, it's a so business every, for them. Yeah, yes, oh, it is. Yeah. And they're, they're very, they're lovely, lovely people. Uh, but you can tell it's like, there's another level in thinking and it's, it's not just them, it's everybody. And right. once that is triggered, then you start thinking about, okay, getting home, getting home. But up yeah. until then, we're fine. We could go longer. But yeah, so that's yeah, interesting. I, I, I found that throughout our travels, especially with Viking, that uh, we have that happen to the changeover, the, the mental changeover. Right. Yep. I can see it. I can see that. If you, hey, so, by the way, if anybody, if anybody wants to have questions about it, you may release my, our phone number to them. So. Yeah. So we, we might figure out a way that we can reach out maybe via, via email and people can, can ask questions about some of these places. One of the reasons I wanted to get you guys on and, and do this was to, to sort of let people know that there, there's so much out there. There's so much that you can do. And, and, you know, obviously we're not discussing anybody's finances on here, but you guys aren't ultra wealthy. Yeah, I consider y'all to be, you know, middle class, upper middle class people, just like a majority of my clients. And you don't have to be a multimillionaire to do these kind of these kind of trips. It's like like you guys said, you kind of do it, do it on a budget, shop around, do some deals. And hopefully this sort of lets people know, hey, I, I can actually do some of these things. I mean, would y'all agree? Okay. You have various levels on any ship. Say take a ship various levels on how much you want to pay. You can find trips um, with Travel Zoo is another place you can find some interesting trips you can take. You can do, uh, we did a two-week tour thinking it would only last, should last one of hour. And it took two weeks and it was so enjoyable. You don't have to be on the seas. You can go out I'd like to go to Michigan when it's warmer weather, of course, but right. just, just to see other parts of our country. We don't have to go overseas, but as right now, because we are able, I want to see as much as we can travel. And then later when we know we can't do as much overseas to concentrate more uh, internally in the USA. Yeah, there's, there's a ton here in the United States that I want to see too, so... Yeah, like you say, you don't have to go overseas. There's a lot here to see. Uh, you know, it's just I mean, a matter two weeks of an hour. Who would have thunk it? You yeah, know? yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're 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 spot on there. So wonderful. I love Iowa. I love Iowa. Yeah, y'all. Th this has been a, a lot of fun, and I really appreciate you sharing some of your experiences with the listeners today. Hopefully, this conversation, you know, I want it to inspire folks out there to get out and just do something different. So if you're if you're listening and you've been putting off that trip or that, or that vacation, you know, for reasons, of course, other than COVID, I want to encourage you to, to book that trip and start building some, some great memories because none of us are promised tomorrow. So don't wait un, until it's, it's too late. So before I, I, I let, oh, go I ahead. Go ahead. mention something. Uh, this thought has been with me since high school, really, I guess. If I, and this is macabre, but still, if I'm on my deathbed, would I say that I've done everything I wanted to do or is there something I, I wanted to do but didn't do it because yeah. of, of lack of courage or lack of something? Right. Uh, 
you know, it's not all about money. It helps a lot. Sure. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, you know, you can plan a lot of things that, that get you outside of your normal routine. But also, if I could interject this, too, we started off with this comment of how we met. And uh, close your ears, Lee. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I really, when we, I turned my money over to your uh, financial guidance, and then uh, Larry, it's just like, you know, we're on automatic. I don't have to worry about it because I know it's in good right. hands. Yep. So oh, I, I, I did. A, I want to thank you yeah. for uh, taking, taking care of us so well. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate the trust that you guys have put in, in our firm. And uh, yeah, we'll continue to, to do that for you. So before, uh, before I let you guys go, I want to finish up by asking you know, four quick questions. We call these, I don't have a great name for it, but I'm just going to call this the, the Fantastic Four. So we'll ask these four questions of, of everybody at the end of every interview that we do when I do mm-hmm. it in this format. So the first one, what is the best book you've ever read? The one that came to mind for me is James Michener's Alaska, because I read that back when uh, we were thinking about making a trip up there, and I learned a lot. It's, it's uh, historical fiction. Very but uh, cool. that was good, as well as other books that he's written. So for yeah. me, that was that was some of the better ones. Very cool. Susan, you, you um, have one? I like uh, Leon Uris, The Hajj. Okay. Uh, it's uh, fictional with history, and it deals with um, Israel and, um, the Israel and the Arabs prior to when Israel first came in and how they looked, how the two looked at each other. and. Uh, Hasn't changed any wow. since that yeah. time. Yeah, I found it yeah. fascinating that all yeah. those years, it still hasn't changed. Interesting. Sad. Well, I figured y'all would both pick something that's kind of based on some, some history. history. So, yeah, no, no surprise there. All right, so here's the next one. If you had the opportunity to sit down uh, to a nice dinner and have a conversation with anybody living or dead, who would it be? Tina Turner. Tina Turner. All right, I like it. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mr. Larry? Ike Eisenhower. I'd love to sit and talk with him. I think that would be fascinating. He's lived a fabulous life. Yeah. You can tell our two extremes here. (laughs) There you go. I definitely can. Well, they are. Yeah, I wouldn't expect those to be the same. All right. If you could go back and give yourself advice one year prior to retirement, what would that be? Prior to retirement. I Hmm. would put more. Now, I worked for the federal government, and I was – FERS. I was in civil service and changed to FERS, which is a federal employee retirement system. Right. And where you could put money in. And at the end, we could put almost as much as you want. And I would have put more money in there because once you leave service, uh, you can't add anything to it. Right. Yep. Never met anybody who said they saved too much money. There's a lot of people that said they wish they'd saved more. (laughs) What about you, Mr. Larry? Ooh, that's 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 a toughie. I, I I don't know. I I would I would like to think that uh, I could have had some more people that I could have trained at work. Okay. Because uh, I didn't I didn't really get that opportunity, and I would love to have shared some more information that I had. At right. That time. Got but it. That would okay. be interesting. All right. Uh, and the last one here, as we round round out here, the Fantastic Four. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Ooh. My dad told me just whatever you do in life, be happy with it. And I love uh, it. that's been good, good advice. That's awesome. Great that's advice from your dad. Ms. Susan, what uh, about you? Probably for my father too. Daddy said, uh, 
it's a good day when you can get out of bed, stand up and walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. The older I get, the harder it is to get out of bed. It takes a little <laughs> while to, to get the blood flowing. But he, that's, but also he true. said this, and I'm not so sure that he was directing it at me. He said, you can't learn common sense. Ah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, what, I, I, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> boy, that is great. That's, that's great words. We see that all around. Look around yeah. at the world that we live in. And boy, common sense is definitely, uh, it is not plentiful. <laughs> so, yeah. y'all, this has been a lot of fun. I want to thank y'all so much for your willingness to share a little bit of, of your story with our listeners. Uh, you guys are certainly an, an inspiration to me. And yeah. hopefully you've inspired some of our listeners to go out well, I hope and, so. just, and live yeah, their just best. Just go out and do, time. you know, Absolutely. don't, don't Absolutely. let this uh, virus make you think you can't, uh, you know, you can sit just like right now, the herb catalogs are coming in. You plan for your, uh, your, what you want to plant, but the same way with travel. Same thing. Yep. I love it. That's great advice. Great advice. So, all right, to all the listeners out there, I want to thank you guys for tuning in until next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Investment advisory services are offered by J.L. Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.